And uh, hopefully everybody's doing well today. I got to tell you, you know, there's a truth. T.D. Jake says different levels, different devils. And uh, I got to tell you, kind of way it works sometimes, but I'm praying today. I don't have any videos for you. I don't have any. I got a little bit of PowerPoint, but uh, to be quite honest with you, I just pray that you receive the message through the years of the Holy Spirit today. Um, a lot of information and a little bit of time. So, as you know, today in the Christian world, today is Pentecost Sunday, Acts 2. And uh, my desire this morning is to communicate God's amazing Holy Spirit, demonstrated through the Spirit of Truth. The Spirit of Truth, just so you know, is Jesus' life in the flesh that shows us who God is and how we're supposed to live. The Spirit of Power is the Father raising Jesus from the dead and as well us. And the Spirit of Light, which is God's voice, audible or unction within you, that speaks to you and enlightens our spirit, our soul. This enables us to walk by faith and not by sight. It privileges us to bear the image of God on the earth. It commissions us to disciples of Christ and all men throughout the world. It enables us to bear witness that love and good is always triumphant over hate and evil. The light of God always shines brighter than the darkness of this world. Amen? Amen. Pastor Scott and Pastor Claire have been giving us scriptural insights into the book of Acts, particularly summarized in Acts 1, verses 1 through 11, Christ's precious life, his brutal crucifixion and suffering death, and of course, Christ's resurrection, the deal breaker. That's the deal breaker for us, right? For the hopeless world held captive by the grave, the resurrection is the deal breaker. Acts 1 reports and confirms 40 days of appearances by Christ to his disciples. And specifically a reminder by Christ to them in verse 4 and 5 to get ready and wait because in a few days the promise of the baptism and the power of God's Holy Spirit will come upon them. It reads like this. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift that my Father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Which leads us to today, Acts 2, Pentecost Sunday. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fires that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, like God promised them, and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And it further goes on to say that people, God-fearing people, from every nation under heaven, folks that were Greek and Arab, that were African, that were Asian, that were Italian. 
they witnessed this and they could not believe that they could understand the language that they were speaking, which proclaimed the wonders of God because the disciples were from Galilee. Verse 12, amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Is this the double rainbow? What does this mean? So then Peter stands up filled with the Holy Spirit and begins to witness and testify about the prophets of old, verse 17 and 18. And he speaks to them in their own language. And he says, Joel told us that in the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. I'll pour out my spirit on my servants in those days and they will prophesy. Peter continues, Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did among you through him. And as you yourself know, this man was handed over to you by God, deliberate plan, by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, you God-fearing people, right, (laughs) with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Peter further reminds his fellow Jews of their history and he says, look, the prophet David, seeing what was to come, spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the the realm of dead. Nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life. And we all witness this. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see in here. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this, Peter declares. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and and the Messiah. What happens next during this recorded process and during this event of Pentecost is what I call the primary factor to the road to salvation. It's the Lord have mercy on me, I'm a sinner moment. It's the loving kindness of the Holy Spirit that draws us to repentance. Have you ever been there in your life? If you love Jesus, you've been there. When the revelations of truth come and you find yourself wanting, your religious beliefs are wanting, your practices are wanting, your make-believe fairy tale life isn't what you thought it was, you begin to see that maybe all of along, you aren't as holy as you thought you were. And your once or twice a year visit to church during Christmas and Easter, it just does not fill that aching and that yearning inside of you. Something says I need more. I was created for more. A small voice says, this cannot be all there is. There has to be more. Or a big voice. That big voice like Peter's that stands in front of you. Or maybe even today. Under the power of the Holy Spirit, it says, Hey, I don't know if you know this, but your religious practices are not enough. And your beliefs, 
Your beliefs are actually more like the world's that tries to kill God's truth. And guess what? He can't be killed. He proved it. God cannot be packaged up in laws and rules and boundaries that we set. Death itself does not restrain God. Oh, and this is the best part. In spite of what you really think and what I really think at times, God really truly does love you and me. And he knew you and me before we were even thought about, created, or came to be here on earth. He desires personal relationship with you, even though you are poor, you are blind, you are naked, and you're a wretched sinner with a false sense of intention and direction, and so am I. And he loves us. Amen? When I say the loving kindness of the Holy Spirit that draws us to repentance, it's true. It's the story of humanity and God, the Bible, and our world. My story and your story, our story. It's Saul killing Stephen. And on the road to Damascus, by the grace of God and the Holy Spirit, he gets physically knocked off his horse and blinded. Some people would say, oh my. No. No. <laughs> it's the voice of God, audible or unction, confronts him about his persecution of Jesus and his people. Saul then repents and receives the Holy Spirit and becomes who we know now today as Paul. He has been transformed by the Holy Spirit, an encounter with God's Spirit, an encounter with God. It's Isaiah when he repents and says, Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined. I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live amongst the people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Your preconceived beliefs of your life, creation, and God himself are all misplaced. That's true for us. Then the moment comes to you, and you finally allow your heart to soften. And you open up these truths and the possibilities to the true facts about God, and you ask yourself, what shall I do? Back to Acts 2, verse 37. When the people heard this, they were cut to their heart, and they said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent. And be baptized in the name of Jesus, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. For all whom the Lord our God will call. 3,000 people repented in the name of Jesus that day. People ask this question all the time. The same one that was asked in verse 37, what shall we do? I'm undone. 
How do I receive the Holy Spirit? I don't speak in tongues. Yes, truly the gift of tongues is a manifestation that you are filled with the Holy Spirit, but it's not only the manifestation. That's not the only manifestation of the evidence of God's Holy Spirit residing in you. But if you don't speak in tongues, it doesn't mean you do not have the gift of the Holy Spirit. As it is in 1 Corinthians 13, you can speak with the tongues of angels, but have not love. You are nothing but a resounding gong. So there are other pieces that prove in a human's life that the Spirit of God resides in him. Paul writes in Galatians 5 that the proof of God's Holy Spirit resides in you by these fruits. Love, joy, peace and patience, goodness and kindness and gentleness and self-control. You see, against such things there is no law. In Acts 2, verse 38, Peter tells them, and he tells us how to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children. The promise is for you and your children and all of whom the Lord our God will call. Know this. Know this, that in all God's promises, it is eternally clear that it is the Holy Spirit that resides in you when you ask him into your heart and soul. I believe the clearest message demonstrated to us is that God loves us more than himself or anything else. God gave himself, his son Jesus, the spirit of truth for us, and he reveals and enlightens the truth to us through his Holy Spirit, the spirit of light. He does this for us and in us so that we would be fully knowing of the mystery of creation and most importantly, his relationship to us. All things were created in him, by him, and through him. We know that in the beginning was the word, and the word, Jesus, was with God. And the word Jesus was God. And he, Jesus, was with God in the beginning. And through him, Jesus, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that was made. But in him, Jesus, was life. And that life, Holy Spirit, was the light of all mankind. The light, the Holy Spirit, shines in darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. The word became flesh. Jesus Christ promised life to the earth continually foretold in the Old Testament and prophecies in Scripture and his arrival in the flesh throughout his entire 33 years of obedience to God, our Father, fulfilled and demonstrated God's love for us through miracle-working power, grace, forgiveness, resurrection from the dead, that manifests in the New Testament. That is the true message of God. That is the truth. The one and only true message that cannot be denied is God does exist. He loves humanity, came in and came to the world in the form of a man, 
And through the gift of himself for us, he proved it. So therefore, when Pastor Scott reminded us the last couple weeks, when people love one another, forgive one another, and possess and listen and obey God's word, they are transformed through the Holy Spirit. That is Imago Dei. That is Imago Dei happening. Our best day. It occurs in us on the earth. The image of God is glorified in us. Genesis 1, verse 26 and 27. Let us make man in our image happens on earth. What was lost by the fall in the garden, that true relationship with God, the Father has restored back to us through the gift of his son, Jesus, his death, his resurrection, and God's Holy Spirit. Christ presented to all creation the true message that he is the God of truth and he loves us with everything he is. That he covers us with whatever we've done in darkness. He provides forgiveness and he gives us what we need. His spirit, not only to live fully, but to live a good, abundant life filled with peace, love, joy, and hope of the promised resurrection. That causes us to go from death to life eternal in heaven. That's our gift from God. He does all this through his revelatory grace of the gift of the Holy Spirit inside of us. He opens up our ears and our eyes through the gift of the Holy Spirit. Our existence upon the earth brings glory to God and and fulfills his plan. His plan has always been for us to be in relationship with him. In that relationship, God is glorified and thus us as well. In John 8, 54, Jesus was speaking to the Pharisees and the Jewish people, and he said this to them. If I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My Father, whom you claim as your God, is the one who glorifies me. Though you do not know him, I know him. If I said I did not, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I obey his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. You are not yet 50 years old, they said to him. And you've seen Abraham? He says, very truly I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was, I am. At this they picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple ground. Some of us, some of us, like the Jews and the Pharisees of that day cannot recognize the creator standing before them. Without stepping into the realm of faith, trusting and believing that Jesus is the promised Messiah of the Old Testament and the New Testament writings manifesting his life, that Jesus is the spirit of truth in the flesh who gives us the Holy Spirit, the ability to believe his words that are spoken to us, his actions, his miracles. If, in fact, he does exist before Abraham, and indeed he is the great I am, that Moses reports about the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, 
Without the Holy Spirit revealing this to us, we, like the Jews and the Pharisees of that day, cannot see God for who he is. Thus, we are blind and we attack him as the world attacks him, even when we claim we know him. John fourteen sixteen through 20, Jesus is talking to his disciples and us and us. And he says this, and I will ask the Father and he'll give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore. Speaking of his death. But you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father. And you are in me, and I am in you. Further, in verse 25 through 27, Jesus continues. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you when things get really hard, boys and girls. That's what he's saying to his people. That's what he's saying to us. When things get really tough, (laughs) when you begin to go to a different level and there's different devils, Remind you of everything I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. Peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. So therefore, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So in simple terms, when you ask Jesus into your heart, the Lord and, as Lord and Savior of your life, he cannot come into you as a man, but as a spirit. God's Holy Spirit. This is the same Holy Spirit that came down from heaven after Jesus was baptized. It was the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And it's the same Holy Spirit that will raise you from the dead. It's the same Holy Spirit that guides you through this journey that tells you to go here and to go there and to give to the needy and love. And gives you mercy and grace when you stumble and you fall. It's that same Holy Spirit. And he loves you. It is through faith and grace given by the Holy Spirit that we see, hear, and know to follow God. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice and I know them and they follow me. In other words, my children listen and obey and know me and I know them. They walk according to the voice of the Holy Spirit regardless of what is happening and what they see or don't see with their fleshly eyes. He says, don't lose your heart and soul. Walk in faith. I will give you what you need so be courageous. I hear you. I see you. I'm all knowing the beginning and the end of this. I'm all present. You are never alone. And I am here with you. Trust me. King David said unto God the Father, 
Do not cast me from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Matthew 3, 11, and Luke 3, 16, John the Baptist said, I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me comes the one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. The Greek root meaning of the word apocalypse is to reveal, revelation, to disclose, unveil, in other words, to uncover. Through the Holy Spirit, truth is revealed, it's uncovered, it's disclosed. The noun cipher. The noun cipher, Kathleen and I had a good conversation. She says, are you sure it's cipher? I said, yeah, honey, I looked up cipher. She says, doesn't sound right. The noun cipher means a secret or disguised way of writing or communicating a code or a message. Right? In the converse... To decipher would be to convert a text written in code or a coded signal or a spoken word into a normal language that is no longer secret. In World War II, the enigma was a type of enciphering. In other words, it ciphered. It enciphered with creating, excuse me, it it enciphered machine used by the German armed forces to send messages securely and secretly. This machine enabled them to communicate in a language their enemy could not interpret, therefore allowing them to run roughshod over most of Europe and destroy much of the Jewish population of that day. Who is Alan Turing? Question mark. Who is Alan Turing? Alan Turing is one of the men who is largely created, or credited with creating and inventing the algorithm mathematic machine that deciphered or decoded the secret messages that the Enigma, the Germans' machine, was passing along secretly to the forces of Germany to keep the U.S. and our allied forces in the dark. The name of his machine he invented was called the Bomb. The bomb was able to interpret and reveal, uncover, disclose, unveil the enemy's every move. It was the bomb that helped the Allied forces. claim victory over the Antichrist's spirit and regime. It was the bomb that helped us see evil plans of our enemy and take back allied soil and property keep the world safe (laughs) therefore in the kingdom of God 
It is the Holy Spirit. that unveils the enemy's plans. He uncovers evil in our lives. He discloses the schemes of the evil one and reveals God's truth. God's truth. Thank you. It is the Holy Spirit that is the bomb that breaks the devil's enigma while he and his schemes are doing war against us. Different levels, different devils. Different devils, God's got different levels. Amen? It is the Holy Spirit that allows us to know God, to hear God, and to walk according to his ways. It is the Holy Spirit that gives us ears to hear, a heart to receive, the faith to believe and follow God. In other words, it's the Holy Spirit that is the decoder ring that reveals and leads us into heaven. Jesus said it very clearly. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Let's pray. My dear brothers and sisters, I pray that in all of your existence, for however many days you're given on earth, that you would fully understand the depth and the height and the width of God's love for you. It is Christ and his Holy Spirit in us that gives us life and transforms us into the image of God, the Father here on earth. So you be blessed and you walk according to God's spirit of truth because it resides in you and you will live with God in his house forever and ever. Amen. Be blessed today. God's got his grace for you when the devil comes after you. Amen. Why don't we stand up together and let's just sing this chorus one time before we go. And we also just want you to know that there'll be the ministry team uh, up front at the altar to pray with you if you need prayer and to help you receive Christ if you've never done that before. Sing this. Make me a vessel. Make me an offering. Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, blessing them and as they go and for their entire week. God, let us all experience your Holy Spirit. Amen. Have a wonderful week, everyone. Hope to see you next Sunday.